How about now? Yes. Ah, there we are. There we go. Now we can All hear right. each other. Yes. So when we left, when we left y'all last time, we we I think we literally closed with, ah, uh, there's nothing going on. So you know, we'll we'll talk about what we talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Almost immediately after signing off, everything happened. Uh huh. Uh, not even um, 24 hours before the news of USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. Yeah, and then obviously Kevin Durant requesting a trade, the NBA free agency period, which not a whole lot happened, but uh, other than the Kevin Durant trade and the potential for Kyrie Irving trade, and now uh, Baker Mayfield got traded today for a fifth-round pick could, that could turn into a fourth-round pick. Based on what conditions? Uh, playing time. That it, they didn't say the specifics haven't come out yet, but it could based on it, like kind of like what Carson Wentz did with the Colts, um, based on his playing time, that pick can become a fourth rounder. Uh huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. John Dorsey strikes again, man. Yeah. <laughs> really. It's a really good profit we flipped on the number one overall pick. Uh huh. That's right. Who uh, broke our playoff curse? That yep, you can't forget about that. No matter how much you may want to, just to focus on just for the sake of focusing on yeah. the negative, but you broke the playoff curse. Your fourth overall pick turned out to be a sensation. Yes, he did. That uh, that's also taken into and account. Now, yeah, and, and now Baker Mayfield will play with the third overall pick from that draft. Yes, and. I can't think of, and this is obviously off the top of my head, so who knows, two first-round quarterbacks in the same draft class who ended up playing on the same team, let alone during their rookie contracts. That's I, true. I don't know if I've seen anything like this. This is mind-blowing. That might, that has to be the first time, that two, especially on a rookie on their rookie deals. Uh-huh. And I like our first round pick, like top five picks at least too. Um, man, looking back at that draft, that draft was supposed to be so damn good. Well, it like was elsewhere. It, it was else, and two, there were two really good quarterbacks that came out of that draft. But that was supposed to be a massive year for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Because every one of those guys was supposed to be a stud. And, and we arguably, got, except for Baker, Baker was the only question mark really heading into that one. Yeah, and it's funny because he went first. Yeah, he did. Well, I I don't think anyone expected Lamar to be this. No. And by this, I mean a an MVP. I don't think Lamar's awesome, but I I don't think anybody expected uh, Josh Allen to turn out this way either. No. Josh Allen, he might be the best quarterback in the NFL. Like I'm not I'm not going to crown him yet. But if he did, again, like what he did last year, even if the Bills, they don't even have to win the Super Bowl. They can just win the AFC. If they win the AFC, I am fully prepared to crown Josh Allen the best quarterback in the NFL. He's up there, uh, certainly. He's definitely top three. Yeah, uh, Rodgers, Mahomes, yeah, probably. Yeah, him, yeah. Um, I – are you happy that you got rid of him? Because – if Deshaun Watson were to come down with a full year long suspension, he's not we going shall, to. 
we shall see. Probably what eight games. I my assumption is anywhere from six to twelve. I know that's a wide range, but I can I can really see just based on the chatter and the tone of the chatter about this whole thing over the past couple of days. It just seems like he's not going to get hit that hard. Well, one of the options uh, that I heard Mike Florio, who I am n- not a fan of, no. but he uh, he is very self-absorbent. Uh, mm. If you go through his tweets, he, he he'll tell you when he thinks that he's got a better idea than anybody else, and uh, he, he likes to he likes to puff his chest out a little bit. But he had an idea that could come up, and that is if Deshaun Watson basically gives back the money that he made last season, that could count as time served on a suspension because he was on paid leave. So he never got suspended, and he got paid for the season, yet never played. So if he gives back that money, that could be now seen as a suspension, which would incline – What's her name? Sue L. Robinson to possibly lessen the suspension this season so he could get going with the Browns. Uh, I think that would be – I think it would be a very detrimental uh, occurrence for him if he were to miss two straight seasons and just jump back in the NFL. All right, now I'm ready. I I, I think that there would be some rust that he would have to work out. But I – I, I think, regardless, it would be nice to have Baker Mayfield above jo- Jacoby Brissett right. while that, yeah, Sean Watson's kind of waiting in the wings. That bridge was already – there was a non – there was a 0% chance Baker Mayfield was going to play this year. There, there was a 0% chance he was showing up for training camp. He wasn't coming because the Browns had to pay him anyway. He, he, well, who, I, I guarantee you Baker Mayfield was fully prepared to sit out this season. Man, he is uh, he's as spiteful as I. As I don't seen. even think it's spite. It's just why would. Uh, I guess that is by definition spite, but I don't think he's a spiteful human <laughs> being. I I, I would have done the same thing if I was in his shoes. Like, why would I want to help you guys out right now? You guys got to pay me anyway. I'll just go sit down. I'll just go sit on my. Oh, uh, I would. Uh, if, if I were him, I would desperately want to uh, possibly beat out Deshaun Watson. And you, yeah, you know Baker. Well, you know Baker thinks he can, whether I, we think he can or I not. Think, yeah, he has that mindset, but I think he's smart enough to realize he's not beating out a guy that just gave $230 million guaranteed to. Dude, these athletes all think they're the best. Every single yeah. one of them. Who was it? I was get it. it. It's it's like their own little thing, like just to help their mind. Like I know I can do this. I'm the best. I'm going to do this. But there's some people out there who should not be saying that. Well, no doubt. I mean, Jordan Crawford, that shooting guard from from Xavier that nobody even remembers, when he dunked on LeBron James at that one camp and Nike tried to burn those yeah. tapes, that dude thought he was the greatest player of all time, man. You know he did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would have been telling everybody. <laughs> the, uh, the, they had a giant uh, viewing party, basically, on ESPN when it leaked. I, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know LeBron James was uh, putting some people in some courtrooms after that video leaked. Yeah, we can't yeah. have this happen. <laughs> I might sue no. LeBron for uh, 
you know that Adam Sandler basketball movie that came out? Yes, with uh, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I watched it the other day because it's Spring Hill Entertainment, which is LeBron's company. I watched mm-hmm. it the other day, uh, just in the background while I was working on the computer. It might be one of the five worst movies I've ever seen. What are the other ones? I can't list it on my. I can't. That's a good question, actually. What is the worst movie I've ever seen? Have you ever seen the movie Rubber? Yeah. Um, That's it's about number the tire, right? Yep, that is yeah. the worst movie. Oh, you know what it is? Major League Three. The worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Major League Three. Is that the uh, the softball? Or, uh... No, it's... um. It's it's the movie Major League. It's the third one in that, and um, oh, it is that Charlie have, Sheen? Charlie Sheen's not in it. Uh, it's only a few people from the second Major League. The uh, the like dipshit catcher in the second one and the Asian outfielder. They're in it, and it's not even it's not even the Indians. It's um it's the Twins. They're in the Twins uh, minor league system. How about and they never explain. Roger Dorn owns the Twins now. Um, they they never explain it, and it's just it's just awful. Have I actually watched seen... Major League Two yesterday. I, I was reminded seen... how much I really enjoyed the first and second one. Have you ever seen The Sandlot too? Uh, yes, but it's I literally probably I haven't watched all of it. I guarantee it's you that I probably watched so bad. I don't like the first Sandlot. What? I, you I, don't. I just don't like it. I, it's not like I'm not. I'm not going to say it's a bad movie because I know. I know it's not a bad movie. I just don't like it. I won't uh, watch it. Well, at least you know it's not a bad movie. Yeah, I know it's not a bad movie. Like, uh, okay. What's, what's a popular movie that I hate? I used to hate Goodfellas, but now I don't. I I rewatch it again for the first time. I really like it. Anyway, um. Enjoy yeah, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett. Get about eight games of Jacoby Brissett. Let's look at this Brown schedule. I know they play the Panthers week one. Yes. How about that? I wish it was in Cleveland. <laughs> you would be awesome. There would be so many tickets. I guarantee you, if uh, if it were in Cleveland, there would be a considerable amount of <laughs> Baker fans there. Oh, yeah. There's going to be... I, I've already seen them all on Twitter today that are following the Panthers. I'm like, oh, they, yeah, they are. They're... I I understand if you like an athlete. Like, obviously, everyone has a favorite athlete. But there are people that are just diehard Baker Mayfield fans, and this kind of seems like a bad player to stand. Well, like, there's nothing really guys... enjoyable about him. Oh, are you kidding me? You've been drinking the Kool-Aid for the past few years, and now all of a sudden, now that he's gone, you're like, yeah, you know what? Never really liked the guy. He oh, listen, this my anti-Baker um, agenda. Agenda probably started in the draft. Of, in the draft? No, 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 no. In the draft after the playoffs. Because even when we went to the playoffs, there was like, I don't think Baker can do this every single year. I watched the he he's statistically gotten worse every single oh. like his rookie season. 
he was unbelievable. He was dicing everyone up. He had that same kind of swag he had in college. And then he lost it in 2019, and he completely lost it in 2020 because he no. was conservative general manager quarterback or field no. manager quarterback. Dude, that second half of the year, it started with the Titans game in Tennessee right. where he where he sprinted down the field. Actually, it started with the Bengals game when OBJ got hurt. You were he drinking the like, Kool-Aid just like the rest of Oh, absolutely. Because I wanted the Browns to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but you thought that he had turned the corner after that. Well, let me ask yes, Kurt. Yes, me, you did. We did on. so many podcasts. And you, you thought he was Hold it. on. You thought he it, fixed it. I thought I thought he did for a second there, and then I was like, and then I had a moment of realization in the offseason. I'm like, I don't I don't know if he can keep doing this every year. Like, for example, if Kirk Cousins was the quarterback in 2020 for the Browns, and he put up the same exact stats as Baker Mayfield, would you think Kirk Cousins is the quarterback in the future? I would. Probably not. Exactly. That, but, I know that's two different examples because Kirk Cousins has been in the league longer. And he's well, older, and he wasn't on his rookie deal like Baker Mayfield was. But that's kind of the same vibe I got from Baker Mayfield, and that's why him going into this season, like I wasn't, I didn't want to trade him after the playoff year. I'm like, I don't know if he can keep doing this, and he didn't. Uh, well, you're not right. saying I've, I've been right and wrong about Baker Mayfield like 30 different times. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll at least give Baker this. And I, I, I thought he was absolutely god-awful last year. I thought he was a poor decision-maker. Yes. I will say there is room for the discussion about a, a labrum tear that he tried to play through. Oh, absolutely. Although I, I still question why people were allowing him to be on the field to begin with. They, if, okay. If he had a torn muscle. He wouldn't let the he – wouldn't, he wouldn't sit out. It was uh, – the front office put benched. it on him. The that's problem is the, the Browns had way – the, the thing is the Browns just have way too high of expectations. They couldn't – jobs are on the line. They couldn't do it. I Since think, when do the Browns of all well, people have way too high of expectations? Well, are you going to tell me the Browns didn't come into last year as Super Bowl contenders? No, they did. Absolutely. That's what I mean. There's too high of expectations. It's the same thing as 2019, and people got fired. Are, are you telling after me? Are you, are you telling me? Are you telling me the Browns is the Browns? Yes. And that, and that ah, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. I can, well, I uh, can, I can live with that. I, I never. I, I am fully prepared to die without seeing the Browns win the Super Bowl. No, again, I, I think every franchise should expect to win the Super Bowl once out of every 32 years. So you and I probably have two Super Bowls uh, of left of both of our teams now. That would give you Will four and happen? me one. <laughs> yeah, it, it might work out that way. I uh, We'll see. This, when, is uh, about, this is the Browns' best shot, obviously. Yeah, when Mike Tomlin Jr. is coaching the Browns, uh, mm. coaching the Steelers. <laughs> and, is he the uh, son? <laughs> yeah, he's uh, his son was the very first player to commit to the University of Maryland after um, DJ Durkin or whatever his name got fired for mm-hmm. for that uh, killing the guy. Basic. Well, I, that was that's what came to my mind, but I didn't want to say it that yeah. way. Um, for allowing his strength and conditioning coach to abuse players, essentially. I can't believe DJ Durkin's still coaching. 
Who replaced him? Who do they have? Oh, shit. I, for some reason, Willie Taggart came to my mind, but I don't think it's him. No. Where is Willie Taggart? Is Willie, Willie Taggart is the coach at Florida Atlantic. Uh, Probably would have yeah. been easier if I looked up Maryland head coach. <laughs> Mike Loxley. Loxley. Yeah, Mike Loxley. Okay. Well, um, Mike Tomlin's son was the first player to commit to Mike Loxley. Is he, is he there now? Yep. Uh, no idea if he's any good. In fact, if he's not good, he may have transferred. I don't know. Let's look it up. Mike, his name's Mike Tomlin Jr. Oh, no way. I was right. Well, I well, I guess Dino Mike Tomlin. Tomlin. Is he a receiver? Yeah, Dino Tomlin. It's like his 247, 24-7. He's actually with Boston College. He's a senior. Yeah. So he must have transferred. Yeah, he must have. He committed to Maryland in 2018. He was a three-star receiver. All right. Where we go, Walt? Six foot, 165 pounds. Jesus Christ. Gosh, this is uh, Devontae Smith. <laughs> he transferred to BC this year. So hopefully because BC needs some help. I've already done my ACC deep dive, and I so badly wanted to take the over on Boston College's win total, but I just can't. Because <laughs> they're a team I'm going to have a lot of fun watching this season. Filter Kovic should be Notre Dame's quarterback yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. Him and Zay Black. The problem is Boston College's schedule is brutal. Yeah. They got uh, Vodtech at home, or they go to Vodtech. They go to Florida State, which is not hard, but it's Florida yeah, State. Jacksonville State did it. Right. There's some level of intimidation when you go to a, <laughs> a home stadium like that. They go yeah, to Wake Forest. They go to NC State and they go to Notre Dame, so they got they got a they gauntlet have, of a road schedule. Do they play DJ Ukulele? Yeah, at home. I bet on Boston College money line against Clemson last year, and they came up short. Just barely, though. That was that came down to the wire. Yeah, it did. As did a lot of guys. They went ten and three, but they were very close to going three and ten. Clemson, yeah, and it's good. I think it's going to be the same this year because, like I did, like I said, I think Clemson is going to. I think their win total was ten and a half. Let me pull it up here. Actually, their win total was yeah ten and a half. I and, can't believe how many people are giving up on them after one year, acting like all right now it's officially Ohio State and Alabama. Clemson, Clemson's fallen off. Like no, it's I been think, one year. No, they just got an unlucky draw with DJ Uyango, like because he, I cannot stress enough how awful he was nope. last year. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up on him. I'm not giving up either. I actually gave out the over of ten and a half, but because uh, they have a they have a decently easy schedule, um, and their road games they only have really two tough road games: Notre Dame and Wake Forest, and Boston College, depending on how. But their defensive line. Like, it might be as good. It might be as good as that 2018 team. It's it's stacked. Oh, uh, yeah. Brian Brzee, Miles Murphy. Xavier Thomas is still there. Right. And they have another guy who's been there for a while. Yeah, I think, uh, I think they the might be returning their entire the defensive basketball. line. Yeah, they're returning everyone on the defensive line. They're kind of missing a couple players in the back. Um, they lost Skalski because he's – 300 years old. 
Yeah. And he probably would have gotten ejected in every game just because he doesn't know how to tackle. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there, there's that's that's talking Clemson. But, yeah, like DJ Uyangole, I cannot stress enough how bad he was. And I, I think he's going to start the season just just because you're like, all right, you get one more shot, dude. Mm-hmm. And if not, they're going to turn it over to Kate Klubnik. Well, uh, I do know that Cade Klubnik is supposed to be the guy now because of right. their recruit who was going to be a year above him, Bubba Chandler, decided that mm. he was going to be a Pittsburgh Pirate. So he's now hanging out with us. There we go. Uh, so I think they were supposed to have some – they were supposed to have Bubba uh, already be in the program. And he was a pretty big recruit, actually. He wasn't just like some guy. Um uh, he was supposed to already be in the program, but I think Cade Klubnik is a true freshman. Is that correct? No, he was there. La- I think he was there last year. Mm. Either way, he's a there big recruit. Yeah, he was the easy. He was the number one quarterback in his class. Yeah, Cade uh, Klubnik I, think he, is... I think he's a true freshman. I think. Yeah, he's a true freshman. It's from West so, Texas, so I I'm telling you. By the way, there. I one football game. And I'm t- I didn't think much of DJ Ukulele when he was uh, playing against Boston College his freshman year where mm-hmm. he couldn't hit a slant route. But the right. next week against Notre Dame in 2020, I swear he was awesome. I, oh, I, yeah, he was. No one believes me because it was one game and a lot of people who are Ohio State fans who are like the people that you and I hang out with, they don't like watching Notre Dame football because they don't like no, we Notre were too Dame busy, football. Um, we were too busy watching Ohio State Rutgers that night that uh, they played yeah. that Notre Dame and Clemson played. That's one. I that's one hundred percent true. I think Rutgers uh, kind of made the score slightly interesting did, at the end did. because they were they lateraling made, on a punt return. They made it mildly annoying. Like, okay, why is Rutgers this close? Yeah, yeah, it, like. We're blowing them out, but we still want the yeah. scoreboard to look even better like, than it does. For yeah, it's like, a, it's like a 20-point game. It's like, we should be winning by 35 right now. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at recruiting I, uh, rankings right now. I don't know how Notre Dame has a better class than Ohio State. That's we, we're getting a lot of kids lately. We had a monster week recruiting. Yeah, I know. so did Ohio. Ohio State picked up a bunch of four-star corners. Uh-huh. Um, I was just surprised by that. I thought Ohio State would have comfortably taken control. It's it's not by much, but at least on on three. But I where's uh, Michigan? Thirty two. What is Harbaugh do? They don't have a five star. They have two four stars. What is what is Michigan doing? Five three stars, eight two stars, or eight total commits, excuse me, in 2023. Good Lord. Well, it's not going to be Dante Moore uh, because he's about to go to Oregon, which is great for me because now I can convince myself, whether fair or foul, I can convince myself that Dante Moore was always going to go to an NIL-based school, and he was never going to go to Notre Dame to begin with. So 
CJ Carr, welcome to Notre Dame. You did not ruin anything. That's how it was always going to be. That's what I say. Uh, Notre Dame also is in on a a four-star receiver from Texas. I got to say, this would be our fourth recruit from the state of Texas. Notre Dame is not known to do this. We're usually uh, taking the best of the Midwest and then maybe maybe one from Florida, one from California. But we're about to get four, possibly. I don't want to don't get ahead of myself, but there's going to be a July 15th commitment. This would be our third oh. four-star receiver in this class if we land this guy. I think his name is Jaden Greathouse, I think. I've heard that um, name. Which, man, if we could get him, because I think it's like Texas, it's A&M, and it's Notre Dame, and there's one other school that, that I forget. But He's also man. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's, he is 96.1% to Notre Dame right now. Oh, my gosh. This is great. I, uh, I was, I'm just looking through the rankings right here. Uh, Uyangale's brother, Mateo, he has long been a USC slash Oregon lean. But yep. now Ohio State has climbed up to number two at 24.8. Gosh darn it. No. Big D lineman out of St. John Bosco. Um, I refuse. Um, he's still because, he's a pretty heavy favorite for USC, and he's a Cali kid. So, who dude, knows? if I have if I have to see his dad in Ohio State gear Ooh, in baby. the shoe, mm-hmm. uh, dude, Buckeye guy is gonna run right up to him and make him take pictures with him. Oh yeah, and he's gonna make him pay for it too. <laughs> That's right. Oh my! I, 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 I very much enjoyed that the entire Ohio State fan base collectively agrees that guy sucks. <laughs> oh, he was voted the second worst uh, college football fan in the entire nation. Was um, it Bucknut? Was it Bucknut the first? The other one? The other super no, fan? no, that turkey neck guy that paints his bald head. Is that who we were talking about? What school? Wait, no. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bucknut? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah Bucknut. no. It's a. Uh, so, Florida State had a fan who made some computer graphic of Willie Taggart being hung, which um, oh. that's uh, that's quite aggressive. But, um, yeah, Willie Taggart was not, did not do a very good job of making friends down in Tallahassee while he was coaching there. But uh, some, some fans took it to the extreme because uh, I, don't, I don't know what they did with it, if that was, like, tweeted out or something like that or if someone, like, Posted it somewhere within the school. I don't know, but that that uh, that guy won first, and second place was Buckeye guy because he attended Earl Bruce's funeral, and oh, there God, was I remember that. there was a little booklet for former players and former coaches to sign, and Buckeye guy just sauntered right over and slapped his John Hancock on that book. Oh, uh, you because know he made it as big as humanly possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. He found a nice piece of real estate on that and just went to town with oh, it. He, he probably wrote his name right over Chris Carter's name. Oh, yeah. He said, yeah. <laughs> you, I'm in the guy guy every day. On the t- yep. You think it's easy asking those kids for 20 bucks for a picture? <laughs> yeah. You, th- you think it's easy being the celebrity uh, – Chili Mild. Literally F minus celebrity. <laughs> Nobody outside of dude, barely people in Columbus know who he is. 
What does he do? Let's. I'm gonna look up Buckeye guy and see what happens. Dude, he has to have like a real job. There's no. He's gotta be like a doctor or a lawyer or something. His name is John Chubb. Has made himself into a minor Columbus in college football. Buckeye guys, history's greatest monster, and this latest stunt. Oh, can I just? What does he do for a living? Oh, it's about the, uh, the um, um. What's his name? We were just talking about him. Earl Bruce. Earl Bruce. It's a, it's this, that's what this article is about. Yeah. What does this guy do? There's no way that getting paid for a, an appearance here or there is actually his profession. Right. What does Big Nut do for a living? Oh, his name's Big Nut. Big Nut. Not the uh, the other guy we were talking about. But um, Big Nut is a materials handler at Whirlpool Whirlpool Corporation. He does what there? He's a materials handler. So he's building your dishwasher? I guess. I mean, hey, pretty good job. I'm I'm assuming that's a pretty good gig. Yeah, so he's doing... What does Buckeye guy do for a living? Not not dishwasher, maybe dishwasher, but washer and dryer more so. What does Buckeye guy do for a living? He's a computer supply salesman. Oh, you know there are some clients where he he get he does the whole Buckeye guy get up, dyes oh, his yeah. mustache, oh, shows yeah. up in the cowboy hat. I bet he has a cameo. Uh, I promise you he does. I Look oh my, no way he doesn't. People who buy cameos for like seriously, what a what a thing to do. Mm-hmm. Buck, I, guy. Let's see, I'm not seeing anything. What happened if I just type in Ohio State? Ohio State. Let's see, like every single Ohio State football player is on here, and I mean, they should be. Well, I could do a live video call with JT Barrett for fifty dollars. What will you ask him? What was it like being fucking sick at football? <laughs> what was it like playing fullback for Urban Meyer? No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what well, was I it can, like uh, being a wildcat quarterback in, in college yeah. football? I can, uh, for 50 bucks, I can reconnect with my good friend Greg Oden. <laughs> yeah, your breakfast pal. Yeah, my breakfast pal for like a week or like three weeks. Let's see, I can talk to Master Teague. $100 for Master Teague. Come on, settle down. Um, I mean, Chris Olave is $125. You're not $100, Master Teague. Seven Banks is no longer with us at the school, I mean. Um, oh, yeah. I, I was like, geez, did he die? Yeah, no. Is he at LS, LSU? Yeah, Malachi Branham's charging $22. That's sick. My That's it? Number. That's his jersey number. Oh. Um, Dwayne Washington, shout out to him. Denzel Ward is $500. Yeah, Caleb no. Weston. I haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> Cardell Jones for forty nine. Pete Werner for seventy five dollars. Andy Katzenmoyer for two hundred fifty dollars. Ezekiel Elliott seven hundred fifty dollars. Sean Wade twenty five bucks. <laughs> we should Antonio pitch Holmes. in and get him on our show. Yeah. 
Troy Smith, Ryan Shazier, Braxton Miller, Mark Titus, Brian Hartline. I'd like to ask him a lot of things. Good for, good for all these guys. Devin Brown, who's our top quarterback recruit. Yeah. Uh, wow. He's uh. Well, I guess he's already there, so he's good. Yeah, he's there. Cameo. What a what a thing to do. I bet Darren Rebell. I want to see if Darren Rebell's on here. Uh, Robbie Anderson is now tweeting. I don't have an issue with Baker. Stop trying to paint that narrative. Yes, you do. You he, he literally put it on Twitter himself. <laughs> yeah, he's got that. No, no. Darren, I can have Darren Rebell send me a message for eighty nine dollars. I'm surprised he's not more. Oh, there's a category of sports reporters. Let's see who's on here. Who the hell is Turk? Um, I don't recognize any of these guys. Bob Nightingale? Scott Hanson? Uh, Bob Nightingale. Who on earth wants these guys? Seriously. It takes a, it takes a certain amount of arrogance to even get on here. Right. Aaron Andrews. Okay, I'd actually be cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like no... I feel like a lot of these people are just like local. Like, hey, come talk to your local Fox Fox um, affiliate. Uh, weekday reporter. Yeah, basically. Man, oh man. AJ Pierce. Oh, D-bag. That's what I'm saying. Chris Broussard, the bird crew. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Why hey, is Dontre uh, Willis under sports reporter? There's Dontre Willis. Dontre Willis, I mean. Oh, the uh, the Marlins pitcher. Yeah, that's his picture. His picture is of him in his funky-ass windup. Yeah, that dude could rake. And then he went to the Tigers in the AL. That was unfortunate. Mm. Speaking of but, the Tigers... Uh, they fucking swept my Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> yeah, you're two and eight against one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. Come yeah, on. we're back to five hundred. We kind of got humbled pretty quickly. <laughs> so, is it the Twins division, or is it just like is it the division so bad that it doesn't even matter? I think it's just a bad division. I don't really, I don't really buy into the Twins. Definitely don't buy into the White Sox. I'm, I, I never thought Cleveland was actually going to be good. Um, Kansas City stinks and Detroit is actually bad. So, like if you ignore what just happened in against Cleveland, I'm trying to also, think. Also, Jose Ramirez sucks now, and I don't care for it. Really? He 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 hurt his thumb, and they just refused to take him out of the lineup. And like literally to the day that he hurt his thumb, he's been like below average from the plate. Oh, man. Well, we got to take down that one podcast we did talking about how he's the greatest Indian slash guardian of all time. Yeah, I'm starting to think Francisco Lindor is actually a better player now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think the Mets won that trade. Oh, no, no, no. Andre <laughs> Jimenez is awesome. Andre Jimenez is awesome. Uh-huh. I saw that it was the one-year anniversary of Eddie Rosario getting embarrassed in uh, Minnesota. With, like, some no-look throw to second base that he got tagged out on or something. I do not remember that. 
Was he? Was it last year when he was with the Indians? With yeah. The Guardians? He uh, with the Indians last year. So it was like he stole second base. It was a bit of an errant throw. So whoever was backing up second base went to field it, and uh, it was they were kind of casual about it. And they were just looking at third base and then without like did a no look throw over to, like a no look flip to second base. And Rosario was kind of just walking back to the bag and he got tagged out. Hmm. I don't remember that, actually. Who the hell is Colby Guy? I'm just looking through all these sports reporters. And there's a guy named Colby Guy who's charging five bucks. And I don't think he's had a single. No, he has not had a single one. Um. If, if you're not well, if I wasn't well known, there is no chance I would ever sign up for this. Yeah, I'm. Uh, again, it takes a bit of arrogance to say, you know what? I think people want me. I think people want me to talk to them. So, yeah. part everybody of wants um, Meredith Gorman to shout or shout out their friends or whatever. Yeah, if you're doing five bucks on your cameo, okay, that's you know that's you just whatever you can whatever you can get, you'll take it. Fine, that's fair. But if you're like actually joining up and no one's heard of you, and you're like, all right, forty bucks, now that's just arrogance. That is. So college football. Hey yo. Is it dead? No, it's booming actually. No, it's actually thriving. Uh, contrary to what everyone said, college football is dead. No, it's not. It, it really is not. The only thing this is going to do, which it, I, I am sad that this is going to slowly get phased out of college football, is because every game, every little game, there's like little regional rivalries that are going to be ripped apart. That's the oh. only real thing. Oh, if you start complaining over the Illabuck, I swear. I listen. The yellow buck hasn't been played since I believe my sophomore year in college. So, oh, that was an awful game too. I, it was. I, it was pouring. I left that game. I I did not like leaving games early that year that I had season tickets because I wanted to really get the most. I'm just that kind of guy. I don't like to waste money. I don't, I like the most bang for my buck. So like like I was I went to the store and bought protein powder. And I was basically calculating how many grams of protein per dollar are 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 in this bucket of protein powder. So like, I, I don't like to waste a lot of money, but eventually, as the season went on, I just got more and more bored of watching Ohio State run teams over when I really only wanted those tickets for Oklahoma and Penn State. I left that Illinois game after the first quarter. It, it was now, granted, it was starting to rain, and it, that was inconvenient. Yeah. But that was a disgusting game. It really oh. was. They were supposed to open up with Illinois in 2020 on Thursday night, but obviously COVID kind of ruined that. Yeah, then that was like, um, I think Nebraska and Illinois opened the, opened the season or something like that. They might have. So here's what I think is going to come out of this, and I actually – I didn't think of it this way until just now, and I think it's going to be a huge benefit. So, now, this is all going to come back to what it has always been, because as we as we talk about, oh, well, there are only going to be two conferences. There's going to be 
the Southeastern Conference and the everybody else con- or there might be three. It might be the Southeast and then the Big Ten and the Big 12 might be- do their own thing. I don't know. But the larger the conferences get, like let- let's say somehow, and I'd, act- I'd actually be a huge fan of this, despite the fact that two of these teams are not very good, no matter what they used to be. If the, the SEC added Clemson, Miami, Florida, and Florida State, that, that would be badass. That's what, that was my thought, that Miami and Florida State I would like to see in the SEC. Yes. I don't, I don't really care about Clemson. Yeah, and uh, Florida State and Miami both used to have rivalries with Florida, so I'd like both of those right. to come back. Uh, but my main point here is, and also it would make it easier for South Carolina and Clemson to have their rivalry, uh, right. even though there's nothing really getting in the way of that now. But what, what I want what I want people to understand is that as these conferences get bigger, you're just going to have more divisions, which are basically just going to be their own conferences. And if you split them up geographically, you're basically going to – if all the Pac-12 comes and joins the Big Ten, you're basically just going to have – the Pac-12 within the Big Ten, it's not going to be that much different. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I really don't think this is going to be an enormous change, even though it feels like it. Although you're going to have – basically, you're going to take the one good team – the two good teams. I'm sure we'll throw in Washington just for fun. The three good teams out of the Pac-12, and you're going to make them play a couple Big Ten teams a year, even though they'll probably play the majority of Pac-12 teams anyway. So mm-hmm. it's really not going to be that much of a change. But what typically goes down now in conference play is you see about six regular opponents every single year and then three that rotate on the other side of the conference. Now what it's going to be, and everyone's talking about pods, I don't know if this is some fan concoction. Everyone's talking about this whole pod thing, you know, pods of four maybe. If that's the case, or pods of three, whatever the case may be, uh, although I'd be fascinated by it, that would likely create a system where you have three teams that you face every year. So pick your pick a, a, a pod of four that have the strongest rivalry, strongest connections with each other. For the Big Ten, I, uh, well, with Ohio State, it'd probably be Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. And you can right. complain all you want about how that's not fair because those are the four best teams are oh, well. in – well, look, man, we already did this with the Legends and the Leaders where we created a conference where we split the teams up based off of who the, they felt were good at that point in time to try to create the most balance. You can't, you can't just do that. So, And no one liked it then. I don't think anybody would like it now because I think you want to play those opponents. I don't think you want to hide from them just because they're good. Mm-hmm. Although I prefer Notre Dame hides from all these conferences because eventually we'll have to play really good teams. Mm. I'm not so sure I want to do that. But what's going to happen is basically you're going to go from six common opponents and three in-conference rotators to three common opponents and six in-conference rotators. And again, keeping the three non-conferences open. And uh, if that's the case, uh, look, I, I, I will say something I haven't said in a long time. In fact, I don't know if I said this ever, but I'm I'm open to it now. I am I'm cool with Notre Dame joining the Big Ten, and here's why. Mm. Here's here's there's a there's a big reason why. I now that, that USC and this is basically predicated on USC because if this were any other t- I guess for maybe Stanford, 
I like Notre Dame's rivalries all across the country. Right. But with USC joining the Big Ten, that allows Notre Dame to to then redevelop rivalries with Michigan and Purdue and Michigan State, teams that they used to play, but they basically dropped. I I don't know why Notre Dame – I don't know who chose this, but Notre Dame kept their Pac-12 rivalries and dropped their Big Ten rivalries when they made the the half transition to the ACC. If Notre Dame joins the Big Ten, now they can regain all of those rivalries, and I guess it would just be Navy and Stanford just being two of their, what, three non-conference games, and then the other non-conference game can be some uh, Bowling Green whatever, although if Urban Meyer comes back, who knows? They might be Mm. a dynasty. talking. But now that USC is with all of Notre Dame's old rivals, Boston College could be a rival, whatever you want, but – I've I've always wanted Notre Dame to rejoin uh, or regain those Big Ten rivals, but now that USC joined all of them, I think it makes more sense, so I'm more comfortable with it as a Notre Dame fan. I've said a lot, so there's a lot for you to comment on. Have at it. So the, I, the thing everyone's always now, – now that USC and UCLA are going to join the Big Ten in a couple years, obviously everyone's first thought went to – well, this isn't it. They're going to poach more teams out west, and the Big Ten is going to just expand from California all the way, uh, basically everywhere except for the South is where they're going to expand to. I don't, I don't, I don't really see how that would benefit the Big Ten, to be honest, because I don't think the SEC is doing that. I don't think the SEC is trying to like take total control of the country. What I think is going to happen is the Big Ten and the SEC, they're just going to become the power two. It's going to become a defense. Like, it's still going to be the power five, but it's still, but it's in reality going to be the power two. And we're hearing about, you know, the Pac-12 and the ACC are talking now on, like, a an alliance within the alliance that has already been <laughs> broken by the Big Ten. But, um, exactly. I... I I love USC and UCLA. Now, I've, I've had a couple days. At first, I didn't really – because I like college football the way it is. I just like it the way it is. Nothing and wrong with that. Nothing no, wrong with I that. Think it's, I think it's perfectly great right now. But there are – you know, there's not a lot of big games every year. Like, there are some years where the schedule just doesn't work out in a way to where the non-conference schedules are competitive. It just doesn't happen all the time it's starting to over the past couple of years there's been a lot of a, a lot more bigger games and i think that's going to be that's going to be the big thing that comes out of this is we're going to get a lot more we're going to get ohio state versus usc which is an a network's dream matchup it's mm-hmm. alabama texas it's, it's that's a dream matchup for a network so we're going to get a lot of that um I do, I do think Notre Dame's going to eventually join the Big Ten. Just it just geographically makes the most sense, and obviously UCLA and USC doesn't geographically geographically make sense now. But how about financially? It'll also make sense. Yeah, financially, financially it makes sense because you know the Big Ten I assume has more money than they have the ACC. Um, and and another thing, I think the ACC is going to fight like hell to get Notre Dame to block Notre Dame from joining the Big Ten. Because I'm sure Notre Dame had to sign some sort of contract when they joined the ACC during the um, 
the COVID year to where it's going to be hard for them to kind of get out of that shared partnership schedule that they have with them. So uh, I'm interested in that. I think the big they're they're going to find a way to go to the Big Ten. It's not going to be. I think it's going to be a couple years because Notre Dame as a brand is one of the few schools that can survive as an independent just because the brand is so much bigger than 99.9% of the schools out there. So I think, mm-hmm. I think Notre Dame's going to stick independent for a while. They're going to, like I said, I, I, I assume they have some sort of contract with the ACC that's going to prevent them from getting out of that shared uh, partnership scheduling that they do. So they're, they're not going to join for a while. I don't think we're going to see any more big moves for a couple of years. If the Big Ten acquires Cal and Stanford, which I, I don't know what that does for you from an athletic standpoint, maybe Stanford, depending on the year, they've had some good years. Um, right. But lately I've just been uh, just a complete afterthought. But if you acquire Stanford and Cal and the Big Ten, they're always talking about academics, you know, we're, oh, you guys think we're just going to let Kansas join the Big Ten for basketball? We got we to gotta make sure that they're academically competitive with us. So I, 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 they're always talking academics. But if, if that's true, then they would love it if Cal and Stanford joined their conference because they are very competitive academically. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, I'm just building my dream Notre Dame schedule because I, I like everybody else, and I – well – Unlike everybody else, I have no shame in saying this, but like everybody else, I want things to be like they were in my childhood because that's what I grew up on, which means that's what I like the best. So I'm thinking if if Stanford joins the Big Ten, that leaves room open for uh, – well, the pods might mess this up uh, if, if, they just, if they, you're only able to reserve three rivalries. Um, USC would be guaranteed to be one of our rivals. Um, yeah. We, damn it, dude. We we may just be in the the California pod. I don't know how that would work. But if Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, and Penn State are all together, which they should, yes. Um, although, would you be willing to bring Notre Dame in and kick Penn State out? Yes. Okay. Uh, now we would get two of our rivals back, and then once a year I would be miserable watching Ohio State versus Notre Dame. Mm. But uh, I, ideally, I would like to have Purdue, Michigan, Michigan State. Despite the fact, look, I know Purdue's no good, but they used to be a rival, so it means something to me. And it was right. it's also it's also nice that we get to beat them every single year. Um, so I, if I can get all those rivals in Stanford and Cal, and so that leaves three non-conference games entirely. We'll get a cupcake, we'll get Navy, and we'll get uh, Boston College. That could bring my entire childhood back, but I I don't know what pod Notre Dame would be in. If you're just doing the geographic game, which I I don't think they would do because I think they would preserve rivalries, but if you were just on the geographic game, we would have Iowa, Illinois, and Notre Dame, quite possibly. Or, uh, or hell, Iowa might be in the California region if if we're just assuming that Stanford and Cal are not coming. Uh, well, and or if we're, if it's only USC and UCLA, it would probably be probably be well, it'd be guaranteed to be Nebraska. 
and then either Wisconsin or Iowa. One of those two is jumping over there. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but this you is mu- uh, you a lot Kansas. of fun we can have. You brought up Kansas, and Kansas is the one school that I would love for if they just joined the Big Ten right now. Mm-hmm. Not and not football, obviously not football wise, but um, just think of if Kansas were to join the same year that USC and UCLA joined, 2024. The Big Ten college basketball tournament instantly becomes the best tournament in the country. Instantly. You got two blue bloods in Kansas and UCLA. You got, like, that next tier of Michigan State and Michigan. And then you got, like, that next tier of teams that are good, always good, but never great, like Iowa, Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois. And then you got – Ohio State is, is its own tier. It's just Ohio State. Because they they could be good, but until they reach the Sweet 16 under Chris Holtman, I'm not going to believe them. <laughs> there are no man's like, all right, but I think what people are overlooking is that the Big 12 right now is poised to be an absolute juggernaut in basketball. They got Baylor, they got Kansas, they're bringing in – they're trying to bring in Arizona, which would be – I, I think they're going to be fine. They got Houston coming in. You're right. Houston – Cincinnati's good. Houston's really, really good. Texas Tech, despite the fact that Chris yep. Beard left, Texas Tech is still really good. They are they, – they have powerhouses in basketball. Oh, yeah. Iowa State – I mean, the SEC is the same way, too. The SEC has a, raw, a lot of really good teams. Obviously. Uh, I'm telling you, the Big 12, man, and this is not a good thing to do so. And I, I'm quite sure the Big East, if they, ha- if they could do it over again, never would have tried to expand because their expansion took so long that Syracuse and Pitt just gave up on them and decided to go to the ACC because <laughs> nobody was getting anything done. So if they had to do it over again, I'm quite sure the Big East would love to have both football and basketball. But the Big 12 may just have to swallow its pride and say, you know what, we're just a basketball conference. And a damn good one at that, especially if they acquire Arizona and Arizona State, mostly mm-hmm. because of Arizona. Right. And the Big East is a good college basketball. It's still a really good college basketball. Very good. Yeah. It's not really good, but it's a very entertaining league. Like, they have, they have one of the better. It's a power six. Yeah, they have one of the better um, conference tournaments. Because I feel like every team is always evenly matched. And just that region is very, is they they're a big that's a big basketball region that part of the country. Like the New York, the, 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 that's a huge basketball region. Uh, uh, oh yeah, man. The Big Twelve has to accept what it is at this current point, and hang its head on basketball, and then work from there. You mean football? No, it has to be a bas- The Big Twelve. Has to have had on basketball. Why? Oh, uh, well, yeah, because Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. No, if you don't have a blue blood in your conference, you're you're not really much of anything to – I mean, I'm going to watch you just because I love college, ba- or, uh, college football. But, okay, my biggest fear with the way college football is trending is it's not going to turn into – the Big Ten versus SEC, and that's it every year. It's going to turn into Fox versus ESPN. That's my biggest fear. I kind of get what you mean, but still explain just for clarity. 
Okay, so since Fox Fox has the rights to the Big Ten and the Pac-12, mm-hmm. and obviously, I'm assuming Fox kind of helped push USC to the Big Ten because it was USC that spearheaded all of this, and they asked UCLA to come with them. So I'm assuming Fox did that, and there's rumblings that Fox does not have a budget with um, in terms of expansion and television deals. There is an they have an endless budget with that. We know so my Skip Bayless is making eight million a year. Oh my God! Yes, he is. <laughs> Apparently, his brother he has a very well known brother. He's like as well known as him. He's a chef. Yeah, he's like one of the best chefs in the world. It's crazy. I just found that out because he, because Skip Bayless started his own show, uh, his own podcast where it's just him talking about whatever he's talking about, and then he, he told the story about his brother how he's not close with him, but he's a very famous guy. I just thought that was interesting, and they look almost exactly. It's it's very funny how much they look because he's he's like literally the polar opposite of Skip Bayless. He doesn't because I watched an interview with him, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't watch sports at all." Uh-huh. It, it, it's just the polar opposite of Skip Bayless, but um, and then he's like, yeah, yeah, I actually pay attention to my wife. Oh, and then ESPN, <laughs> ESPN, uh, just got the the um, SEC. They're they're doing the SEC this year. They took it away from CBS. So that's my fear of it's becoming ESPN versus the um, uh, Fox because. I just envision bad things when it's network versus network. Yeah, and that kind of takes away from it takes away from the fun because it's like, all right, this is all just a dollars and cents game, and and if it does become that, if it ultimately ultimately becomes Fox versus ESPN, I can envision it becoming like the NFL, like the AFC champion plays the NFC champion for the championship, like the winner of the Fox bracket. Win, plays the winner of the ESPN bracket for the championship, and I which just love the college why, football. Player. Which is why I am kind of getting down with the idea of Notre Dame joining a conference because I'm scared that we're not. Just oh no, they have able to. to. They, it's inevitable at this point. They cannot. They can't. Like I said, they can for a little bit because we're still in the stages of this college football 2.0, mm-hmm. and Notre Dame is still a massive brand, arguably the biggest brand in college football. So they can survive by themselves, but 10 years from now, they can. Yeah. I, um, it's going to be whenever they take away our ability to at large our way in, whenever they make Hmm. the conferences automatic bids, that's the day where I need Notre Dame in a conference right then Mm -hmm. and there. Yeah. I don't think the day becomes automatic the day it becomes automatic bid is the day Notre Dame joins the conference. They're, the NCAA is not going to let Notre Dame be automatically disqualified. Yeah, and nor should we. So we have right. to and, – and I guarantee you, we, we will be on the phone that day whenever that gets announced. That, uh, there's a new college football playoff format. Conferences and uh, – you know, conferences are going to have – the champion is going to have an automatic bid – and then we'll see the champions. Notre Dame, boom. They're, they're calling up the ACC. They're calling up the Big Ten. They're figuring out something. Right. And I, I actually did see somebody mention up, and it's a good point, that the NCAA, just the NCAA, the, the organization, not the sports, might be in 
pretty big trouble if it does go that Fox versus ESPN route. Because the NCAA, you, the NCAA is kind of pointless. Like, it doesn't really do much of anything. Um, mm-hmm. Because Fox and ESPN will almost certainly put on their own championships. You know what I'm oh. saying? Yeah, like, so it's going to like be AFC like... Versus NFC. Like, they they can, and I bet you they are willing to do that. And if that happens, the NCAA, the NCAA is dead. Well, let's see. Fox is going to have, let's say, let's say the big ten. Well, then who's ESPN? It's just going to be, it's good. Here's I, what it's going to be. And I, I'm not even that mad about this. It's going to be the SEC championship versus, by the way, the SEC championship, meaning two teams from the SEC versus Big Ten champ and and Pac-12 champ, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think eventually ESPN's probably going to – I don't know if they have a deal with the ACC. I don't know what the ACC's um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, actually, yeah, ESPN. So it would be SEC champ versus ACC champ. That's the ESPN champ. And then right. – Let's say the Pac-12 dissolves, so the Big Ten versus Big 12. So that would be your final four solely because that's how the networks planned it. In reality, I don't – I guess I don't hate that. But, again, that's kind of – That's not not fair. Yeah, it is not fair. But that that would be a way to kind of – guarantee the best four teams get in. Obviously there's always outliers with Cincinnati last year. But I, I but I want teams like Cincinnati in the playoff. I want teams like Cincinnati and UCF to be able to compete for the championship. Which I, they will because they'll be in the I big don't. twelve. Well yes. I, I'm but, um, I lo- we're we're kind of going backwards a little bit in the sense that it's no longer just a power five because there are almost what do we do with the big 12? Is it a power five? Is it, is it in the power four or is it not? It's hard to tell. Right. Is the pack, is the pack 12 going to promote, no. promote Boise state? Is it going to, yeah. then? is it going to expand to the point? Are we going to have like a middle tier where we have the power three, which are the big 10, the big 12, or I'm sorry, power four, SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, or honestly, Power Three. Remove the Big Twelve and put the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve in their middle tier, and then have the Group of Five be the third tier. Uh, we, we might not even have, we might not even have like the two tiers that we have now, where it's P five, G five. There may right. be three tiers. Yeah, uh, this is all like obviously we. Both, both you and I have absolutely no idea what we're talking about when it comes to this. <laughs> but, my, again, like everyone claiming college football is dead, it's, college football will never die. It is far and away the second biggest sport in the country. It's not – I'm assuming the NBA is third. It, the NBA is not even close to college football. Um, It'll never die. The NBA does better nationally. But locally, right. MLB does better. Really? I believe so. Hmm. I, I know nationally because the, the NBA is the 
I wonder they're they're probably not big globally as as big globally as the NFL. Probably not. Or I don't know that that's a, because the the NFL is so massive, but American football is not a global sport like basketball is. Mm-hmm. That is an interesting. Correct. For some reason, Although, I'm watching the Seahawks or the um, Patriots and Falcons Super Bowl on my TV right now, and I was distracted by what was going on. What's the score? Twenty to zero 20? to zero. I, oh. it, it just automatically came on. I believe it's like the full game broadcast. It mm. is, and I'm absolutely not going to watch that. I don't yeah. want to be reminded of Tom Brady winning another ring, or the Patriots winning another ring. I should say. Instead, I will watch LeBron James 2010-2011 season highlights. That was his first year in Miami. Yeah, it was his first year in Miami. They played this opening game against Boston and lost. And I remember everyone – I just remember that because it was so funny that they lost. Yep. Dirk Nowitzki, Jason Terry, baby. LeBron was the fifth best player in that entire series. Yes, he was. God damn it, LeBron. Yep. I was actually I was actively rooting against LeBron. Uh-huh. And now now he can do no wrong. No, he can't. Except for um telling the Lakers to trade for Russell Westbrook. Uh yeah, that was wrong. Picking Russell that was Westbrook to DeMar DeRozan. Very wrong. Yeah, over him over uh yeah, DeMar DeRozan. Very wrong. DeMar DeRozan was first team all NBA and Russell Westbrook was first team all bad. <laughs> yeah, first team all side of the backboard. Mm. Oh yeah, listen, he, he he did that a couple times this year. It was almost comical how many times he did that. All right, you wanna you wanna dig into this uh, this year trivia or what? Yes. Now, I think I currently only have two questions, but okay. they are two very good ones that will be very thought provoking, which means. I will then take that time that you're thinking to come up with my third question. Okay. Go ahead. So let's get this kicked off. All righty. Number one. Which two MLB teams share a television, a local television affiliate? Ooh. There are only two who share the same television network. Would that include Valley Sports? Uh, no, it'd be like no, uh, not the Indians and the. So Oaks. like, Yes Network and SNY, like it, it's you're talking about like those. It, it would yes, it would be like if the Yankees and Mets both played on the Yes Network. Okay. Um, ooh. I feel like NBC. Well. NBC would be like the same thing as Valley Sports. Let's see. I, mean, I, I watch a lot of baseball, so I should be familiar with these. <laughs> baseball teams that share the same network. That share the same network. Say that again in my head. I, which two, which two MLB teams share this, share a local television affiliate? Okay, local television affiliate. So I feel like it's got to be one of the Cali teams. Um, it might be Oakland and San Francisco. I think they're both NBC Sports. 
Uh, I'd actually have to double check that. I don't want to. I actually don't know that one to be factual, but if that's your answer, my answer was. Hold on, let me let me think. Let me. Uh, I'm gonna double check just to be sure. Right. Let's see. But Chicago's also NBC. The White Sox are. And so is Philadelphia. I think. So I was watching a Phillies game yesterday. Uh, I'm not talking, I, I, I think you know this already, but just to clarify for anyone who may be listening, I'm not talking about the totality of Valley sports or the totality of NBC, the specific local television affiliate. Oh, like, yeah, cause NBC is global. Okay. Um, so you can't just say, well, you know, so-and-so is on Valley sports Midwest and you know, the Cardinals right. are on Valley sports Midwest and the, and the Marlins are in Valley Sports, Florida. They're both Valleys. Like the exact same local TV station. Okay. Um, what are teams? So, obviously, teams that are close to each other. Guardians and Reds are both Valleys. So, obviously, no. Detroit's Valley, no. I think Pittsburgh's Valley Sports. Um, AL East, Red Sox, or NES. Or NSN or whatever there is. There's this. Um, Yankees are, yes. Blue Jays are, I don't know. But there's nobody with them that would make sense. Baltimore is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This question, I don't know. Just take a guess. The two teams who are close. Um... Baltimore and Washington. Gosh darn it! Is it really? Yeah. They're, uh, well, what's they're the network? The Mid Atlantic Sports Network, MASN or uh, MSN Two. I'm pretty sure they're both guaranteed to have half of their. I think they're both guaranteed to have 81 games on MSN, which means that the other 81 are on MSN Two. So they're supposed right. to alternate and be, be uh, equally broadcasted. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, Baltimore and Washington. I cannot believe that, man. Baltimore is the last team I talked about when I was trying to run through every team. So I'm like, who's close to Baltimore? And I thought Washington. I hate this. I hate this so that much. Was the most, that was the most pulled out of my ass question ever. Okay. Um. I'll start you off with an easy one. It's a test to see how well you watched baseball last season. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Who won the Cy Youngs last year? Uh, um, okay. Uh, uh, so the Braves won the World Series. 
Um, I actually forgot who won the NL Cy Young when I was coming up with this question. No, this is not. Uh, it's not Trevor Bauer because he played half a season last year. Not even. Uh, no. Um, son of a gun. Uh, who, who even won MVPs? Because Jose Abreu won the MVP in the 2020 shortens. Otani won in the American League and oh. the National League. Who the hell won in the National League? Uh, Bryce Harper. Oh, that's right. He went back to the- Okay. You know, we got some some juices flowing. Um. Uh, okay. No way, Otani won the Cy Young. No, he did um, not. I'll, that that would have you. You would. I think. I think you would have known if he won the MVP and Cy Young. I kind of forgot he won the MVP. I um. I know Vlad Guerrero either won the triple crown or almost did. He um, did not win the triple crown. I don't think. All right, let's get to thinking. Who? I could just name any. Let's see. Scherzer is always a a decent guess, so we'll keep him in mind. I might go might go Scherzer out of the NL. Um, that that would be easy, but that might be too easy. Um, what was Grank? Oh man, was Granky good last year in Houston? No, 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 no. He wasn't good this year. I'll tell you that. Uh, not even close. Well, you know what? What was Garrett Cole up to last? You know what? Uh, gosh darn it! What a stupid answer. Uh, Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer. Uh, both wrong. Um, Robbie Ray and Corbin Burns. I never would have gotten Robbie Ray. Corbin Burns probably should have gotten. Um. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of college football conference realignment, hmm. which two schools joined the Pac-8, making it the Pac-10? Ooh. I, as I Was this Cal? No, because it was the Pac-10 when they joined. It became the Pac-12 when Colorado joined. Uh, shoot. Think about this. Maybe it was Washington. Did, no, because what? No, but Washington's always been a big brand. So they've probably been in the Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-8, Pac whatever for ever. Um, who's in, who even is in the Pac-12? Who joined with Colorado? That, that's I know it's not the answer. I'm just curious. I can't remember who joined with Colorado. You watched every game they played last year. I did. Um, they ran the ball for like 500 yards every time you watched them. Why am I blinking on that team? You certainly watched their Oregon. Or no, not Oregon. Um, Utah. Oh, yeah, Utah. They're a team that should join the Big Ten. Um, <laughs> I, did, I did watch a lot of Utah. Because I'm the number one Utah fan in America. Uh, I am also the number one Utah fan in America who did not want them playing in the Rose Bowl against Ohio State. <laughs> I wanted Notre Dame and Ohio State to play in the Rose Bowl. But, um... Oh, with the, with the sun glistening off the helmets. Oh, oh God. Beautiful. Ooh, baby, that would have been a sight. That, that, no, that, Notre that Dame in blue 
and Ohio State in white. All-time uniform matchup. Oh, yeah. Even the other way around is pretty good. But um, that's another thing about college football. We're done with the stupid Pac-12, Big Ten, Rose Bowls. But, um, man, I, I got to start thinking about this question. Um, Arizona and Arizona State. Why do you keep guessing correctly? No chance. No chance it was Arizona and Arizona State. Yep, 1978. Really? Yeah. I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose because I don't know who wow. won the Cy Young like six months ago. <laughs> this is all. This is, this is an all. I'm pulling up from like mid, mid-court in the first quarter here. There's nothing but net. That was incredible. But I'm... Um, uh, my question. I'm trying to debate. Okay. JT Barrett passed Drew Brees to become the all-time leader in passing touchdowns in the Big Ten, making Drew Brees second, obviously. All-time. I know. I already know the question. Go ahead. Who's number three? Oh, this could be interesting because – this question does not indicate whether it happened before or after Drew Brees. Well, can you, uh, which stat are we talking about? Passing touchdown. Okay. Um, it was gosh. in your lifetime. Okay. I want to give right. you somebody that, from like 1950, although they probably threw yeah. for a total of 20 touchdowns. Yeah. Hop along Cassidy. That um, decade. <laughs> there were 20 scored touchdowns that decade in college football. <laughs> Oh man, let's uh, let's get thinking here. A four-year starter in my lifetime. Um, he, I'll give you another hint. Just keep it close. He he may still be in the NFL. Well, that, I I believe it's not Tom Brady, obviously, but I uh, well, I think he went to the same school. Um, because I was trying to calculate in my mind how many years Chad Henney played at Michigan. Um, it's Chad Henney. I'm going to give you that one because you said it, and I just pulled two questions directly out of my ass. I, it I, is Chad I, Henney. You know who's fourth on that list? It, it, Trace McSorley. For, uh, never would have. Uh, in full I thought fairness, about asking I, that one. What's in that? full fairness. In full fairness, I do not think I would have talked myself out of Chad Henney, so I was probably right. going to get that answer anyway. Uh, I was going to give you that one anyway. All right, here we go. Who is the last Arkansas Razorback to finish top 10 in the Heisman Trophy voting? So it's obviously not Darren McFadden because that's way too obvious. Um, top 10. This literally could be anybody. <laughs> Because there are some wild names that appear on a top 10 Heisman list. Yes, there are. Oh, man. I don't think Traylon Burks made it last year. Ryan Mallett probably never. And he may have made it the year they went to the Super Bowl. Hmm. It's probably not the other guys with McFadden. Yeah, his backups. <laughs> Yeah. Probably not. Well, they got a lot of run together. Um, but, um, they did, but they they didn't get... They beat LSU strictly by running the Wildcat. 
Yes. I, I think uh, Derek McFadden has more pass attempts than Casey Dick did. <laughs> Tough name. Um, yeah. Hmm. Who who was good? Oh, oh, what's that? The Brandon Allen, the quarterback who wore number eight. I think, I think that's his name. I know his last name's Allen. I don't know his first name. I think he played for the Bengals recently. I think he beat the Steelers. Steelers on Monday Night Football. Gosh, Kevin Durant has it. gone dark. Multiple stars around the league have reached out to Kevin Durant, but he isn't responding to anybody. Because he's being traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers and he doesn't want people to know. <laughs> I don't even know if he knows yet. Mm-mm. All I need him to know is to show up to the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. That's all I need you to know. Um, I guess Traylon Burke. It was Ryan Mallet. Ah, I should. I- I should have went with that because I went to the Sugar Bowl that year. He definitely would have got some overhyped love. Uh, he was awesome. I watched one game of his, and he was unbelievably good. Unbelievably. The problem was uh, he also trusted his arm a little bit too much and made bad decisions. But Yeah, he made look, a really poor decision to end that Sugar Bowl. I know that. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, but, dang, man, I thought you were about to go – they, Threw they it right actually, in the DN's arms. The yeah, the year after, uh, uh, the year after Ryan Mallett took them to the Sugar Bowl, Arkansas did make it all the way up to number three in the polls. Oh, babe, with Tyler Wilson at quarterback. Mmm, Tyler Wilson. I was hoping that I you would that say name. him, but it was Ryan Mallett. I knew there was two quarterbacks after Mallet. I knew Brandon Allen, and I could, I can never remember the. Um, I can't even remember his name right now, and you just said it, Tyler Allen. Um, Tyler Wilson. Tyler Wilson, excuse me. Okay, my last question. In the same format, you're going to be ranking. I'm going to give you three names. Gosh darn it! I'm open. Nah, I'm open. That's what I said. I said you were going to get this format until you get it right. Uh, we're doing the NFL. Yeah. All-time rushing yards leaders. Put them in order. Fred Taylor, Corey Dillon, Steven Jackson. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, I don't know how many years. I might say Fred Taylor's last. Because um, Steven Jackson was actually really good. Oh, yeah, he was. All these dudes were good. Uh, yeah, but... Because they're all in, like, the top 50, I believe. They may even right. all be in the top 25. Corey Dillon. Did Fred Taylor play for the Patriots at all? Because Steven Jackson yeah. and Corey Dillon both did. Did all three of them play did. for the Patriots? I think he did. Fred Taylor. Let's see. All right. Um, Steven, ja- Steven Jackson was also pretty good on the Rams. Uh, yeah, yeah, he played for the Patriots. Wow. All right, so we have three. Th- I'm, I, I didn't realize that. How long did Corey Dillon? All right. Corey Dillon, Steven Jackson, Fred Taylor. Mm. You got to flip number 
one and three. It's Fred Taylor, Jackson, and Corey Dillon. Oh. Dang it, man. All right. Well, better luck next week on the exact same question. Oh, yeah. Oh, I told you guys, mathematically speaking, I'm supposed to get it within my next six. Make that my next five. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, the Browns are supposed to, to are supposed to win a Super Bowl in the next 32 years. Um, they probably said that about that exact thing about the Browns 32 years ago and 32 years before that. <laughs> All right, uh, we're out of time. So, oh yeah, um, one one more thing, real quick. One more thing, the Rudy Gobert trade. Who's in? Who do you know? I, I don't expect you. Do you know who is in charge of the Minnesota Timberwolves? Yeah, uh, one Alex Rodriguez. Oh shit! I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm a general manager, but um, no, the guy really. making the trades. That might be the worst trade of all time. Malik Beasley, though. Five first-round picks. Malik Pippen. Patrick Beverly. Oh, wait, no, that's a, no. Yeah, he was in that trade, but um, Walker Kessler. Who will be I, good, I promise. I bet you teams that are in the Kevin Durant that were trying to go get Kevin Durant are probably fucking furious at that trade because that's the bare minimum. In my if I were if I were the general manager of the Nets, the, if that conversation does not start with five first round picks, I'm hanging off the phone. Yeah, pretty much. I mean hey, five first round picks, good. an all star and two other players. That's what I need. Kevin Durant, because Kevin Durant, probably be, got. Kevin Durant would probably be the biggest name ever to be. Uh, no, Shaq got traded. No, Shaq, Shaq never got traded in his prime. Or wait, yes, he did. He got traded to Miami. He got yeah. Hey man, but LeBron I think I feel like Kevin Durant would be traded. bigger. Right, Kevin Durant would be bigger. Yeah, I guess so. Five first round picks for Rudy Gobert. Goodness gracious. I Donovan Mitchell, you're next, protect. pal. What's that? So Donovan Mitchell, you're next, pal. I would, yeah, I would try and get as many first-round picks as I can. That's That would be my game plan if I was an NBA general manager. And I would just trade away, acquire all these first-round talents, and then trade for the eventual disgruntled superstar. Yeah. I, uh, apparently that's the way to go. So the Thunder are basically going to have superstars left and right. And if Kyrie Irving and Russell Westbrook get traded for each other, that would be the the funniest trade of all time. Reuniting Kyrie and LeBron and Russell Westbrook and, well, not Kevin Durant, but if just, it were that way. Refuse to trade him. Yeah, Russell, West, Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons are going to love each other. That might be the worst shooting backcourt of all time. Honestly, it might be. That's not even an it, exaggeration. Ben Simmons doesn't even count because he doesn't shoot the ball. And Russell Westbrook, he, just, he does what he does. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are out of time. Uh, next week, we will probably talk more of this because I yeah. don't think that the – even if it takes a while for these conference realignments that take place – it, there's still a lot of layers to unpack, so I'm sure that we'll come up with something new uh, related we to that did. discussion. 
we did never embrace it, do what the title suggested, embrace debate if Big Ten teams claim Pete, the Pete Carroll era USC championships. I say yes. Uh, no, they can't because there was only one championship singular, not plural. So, uh, however, I that, will. <laughs> the championships that were, yeah, you're, uh, yeah, all of a sudden that, uh, famous Rose Bowl is a Big Ten SEC matchup of the year. Yes, it is. That's what we thought. That was, that was the, uh, the precursor to Arkansas, Ohio mm. State, and the Sugar Bowl. Oh, yeah. That's what we're talking about. All right. We, we'll be back uh, next week. We'll have a lot of fun talking about it, and I will, uh, I'll try to do better in trivia. All right. Everybody, take I'll care. I'll try to do as well. Right. Peace. Peace.